The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. And good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. Manix Wealth Management Show is on the air for Sunday, August 2nd. Yeah, welcome to August, everybody. My name is Danny Clayton. Joining me is Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Good morning. Good morning to you. Dave Spano, our President and CEO at Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. Good morning, Danny. Got a busy show. Ask Annex is on the way. Also, business succession planning. You've built the business. You plan on selling it. What are the steps? That's a good segment. That's coming up. A couple of details on some webinars that are coming up, but we got a busy show today. We really do, and of course, we're all keeping our eye on the hurricane and seeing how that is progressing, or hopefully not. And the other thing that happened uh, this week, there was a ton of earnings that came out. It was really the technology stocks that stole the day, Derek. Uh, they did. It was also a fabulous uh, month for the general market. The S&P up over 5% for the month. The NASDAQ almost 7%. Even emerging market stocks got into the act up 8%. But technology on Thursday kind of carried the day. We saw fabulous reports from Apple, Amazon, and Facebook. Uh, Google's report was pretty good, but not as good as those three. And what's important is those three companies are three of the five largest companies in the S&P 500, with Apple a key component in the Dow. And the revenue from iPhone sales for Apple beat estimates by more than $4 billion with a B. Just absolutely amazing. And so people had underestimated what could happen when we went to work from home and the shutdown. But the tech Technology stocks certainly surged. They did. And Amazon, on the other hand, you know, they reported a huge number as well. I don't think people were surprised by that. But subsequent to the report, I saw price targets for that stock now north of $4,000 a share, which would be up 20% from where it is currently. So so very uh, exciting re- results from those areas of the market. The other thing that I would point out, too, though, for those that are you know looking at their own portfolios, if you don't have big overweights in those portfolios, you really haven't made a whole lot of money uh, recently. The market's been consolidating its gains from the March lows. Uh, any number of companies in the NASDAQ, particularly in the biotech area, have been correcting recently. So it's a very challenging market. You really have to be very stock specific in order to participate on the upside. And the big tech stocks account for about 25% now of the S&P 500. And that's really what my definition is of a narrow market. So you have to pay attention to the other companies. I want to come back to the composition of some of the indexes that you're talking about. And Dow Jones is the one that's probably most widely followed. And it is a price-weighted target. And therefore, when you talk about Apple and talk about the value of Apple in that index, we have to pay attention to it. Now Apple has reported that they will have a four-for-one stock split. They have. That'll be as of August 30th. So ironically, despite the fact that the company's larger, on August 30th, its impact on the Dow Jones, because it is price-weighted, will go down commensurately. So Apple will no longer be have, will have such a large impact, which I think is significant. And, and frankly, is one of the reasons why we tend to focus on our investment committee on the S&P 500, which we, we feel is a fairer uh, representation of the U.S. economy and the stock market in general. And because one's price-weighted... And, and the, one is cap rated. Can you quickly explain that? Well, basically what it means is in the S&P 500, they 
they total up the collective market capitalizations of all the stocks in the index, and then the weighting is determined by your respective weight. So Apple, as a one of the largest companies in the United States, is a very high weighting, whereas companies that are a smaller market cap are significantly less. Whereas in the Dow, it doesn't really matter how big a company you are, it's what the price of your stock is that determines your weighting. And there's no question that we have to continue to pay attention to earnings as we get into earnings seasons. About half the companies reported, but there's other news outside that is uh, very interesting. One of the things we've been watching is emerging markets. And just a little side story, TikTok is owned by a Chinese company, and they were told they were told that they should divest of TikTok, and Microsoft came in and is now talking to TikTok. Right. That, that was a threat the Trump administration mentioned for any number of security reasons, uh, uh, the sanctity of consumer information. They're like nervous about chi- the Chinese government being able to get a hold of that data. Uh, so, yeah, Microsoft's in advanced talks to acquire the, the U.S. unit. Um, the other thing I'd point out about emerging markets is they're dollar beneficiaries. And one of the things we've seen this month is the U.S. dollar has gone down about 4% in value relative to a collection of other currencies, which is supportive for emerging markets because their stocks are denominated in local terms. And when the U.S. dollar is going down in value, that means the value of their shares is going up in local currency values, which helps U.S. investors in those companies. We've talked about domestic equities. We've talked about international stocks. And high-yield bonds are doing well as well. That's the reason why we all need to understand what is in our portfolio and why it is there. You can do that with that free portfolio analysis with Annex Wealth Management. You can start that even on a Sunday morning by heading to our website, AnnexWealth.com. While you're there, check us out. Look at how we operate Uh, know the difference. That's what we say all the time. It is Team Tech Trust. We are a fee-only fiduciary partner. We believe that is the difference. Again, the website is AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Still to come on the show, Ask Annex. We'll do that next. Remember, if you have any questions for us, uh, we've got a little button on our website for that as well. Also, talking about business succession planning, we've got a new teammate that specializes in that. It's quite good. That is on the way on the Annex Wealth Management Show right here. 92.5 Fox News. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Throughout the pandemic, we've stayed in the fight and have consistently said, don't let your emotions guide your financial plan. I know seeing your retirement plan come under attack is hard to take. Now is the time to start a conversation with Annex Wealth Management for fee-only fiduciary guidance. We can help and we are ready. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. The time is now. Be ready for what's next. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Let's talk soon. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. It's time for Ask Annex. Got a question for us? We'd love to hear it. Uh, Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Ask button. Our website, AnnexWealth.com, is also the place you can hit the Get Started button for the free portfolio analysis. First question is from Daryl. Why does the widening gap between the financials and overall market concern you? There are any number of layers to that question, but initially, let's just talk about the financial stocks. I mean, we, we heard from the banks, and you know, we got a very a very honest uh, report from J.P. Morgan, where they basically said they are over reserving because they believe the economy's on 
perilous footing and they wanted to have the capital in reserve in order to you know maintain the integrity of their loan book and potentially deal with losses related to that. Loan loss reserves did go up because they expected there will be defaults down the road and, and they, there's evidence that we're starting to see that as well. That's true and then in, on top of that the shape of the yield curve with interest rates very low it's very difficult for financial companies to make money because they don't they're not making the generous spread they're used to. The other thing about the financials and interest rates in general that I think should give investors pause is despite the fact that the U.S. market has been really strong since March we haven't seen interest rates rise on the 10-year and and typically if we had a good economy if we had good prospects going forward if people thought inflation was going to turn on the rest you'd see a steeper yield curve and you'd see higher rates but the 10-year is stubbornly sitting around 60 basis points which presaged the the decline we saw in February I'm not suggesting we're going to go down by any stretch of the imagination like that but it does suggest that the bond market which typically sniffs out economic activity better than stocks is is really suspicious about the strength of this recovery going forward and again value is value but it's sometimes cheap stocks are cheap for a reason next up on ask annex is from keith u.s retail sales are rebounded but is there more risk well, certainly. We talked earlier in the show about uh, the fiscal stimulus package, what will happen uh, if, if some of these measures are not extended and, and consumers are actually forced to save as opposed to spend, given the fact that they're getting uh, smaller payments, say, for unemployment and the rest. And the other thing is, you know, we've seen any number of bankruptcies, Brooks Brothers, Chapter 11, and now late, most recently Ann Taylor. So the weakness in bricks and mortar retail continues to be very stark as they lose share to companies like Amazon. And, and that's going to continue to happen. You know, we, you and I talked off air about Amazon and, and work from home and the fact that you can even get groceries at home now. So th- this is not going away. No, it's not. Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Head to AnnexWealth.com. Look for that Ask button. This one is from Cindy. How long do we keep our monthly financial statements? I'm in the process of going through them now. Thank you. Well, that's a great question. In fact, generally, if you keep the year-end statement, that generally has all the transaction history in there and dividends and so on. But you do need it to, for your taxes to know how much you paid for it, what kind of dividends you got, if there is an adjusted cost basis, all of that. And how long you keep it, you should keep it as long as you own that security. So you may have to prove what you paid for that stock. So anything that is going to substantiate the dividend income and the basis of the stock is important. By the way, for our clients, if you switch to digital or online, we will make a donation of your choice. And I think that's a great deal. So I've moved to that. Yeah. And um, by the way, if if you are with a firm like us, we we track cost basis and we give that to you. So, so Cindy, if you were a client of Annex Wealth Management, we would keep that information for you, but you need to keep it as well. Okay. Next up is from Kirk. Uh, what's the best way to buy gold? And I think that's a good question because I see a lot of ads for actual coins and then I know you can get securities and it would seem that the coins would be, you're paying extra for that why would you do that well you pay a premium because it looks nice and you can put it you know put it on your shelf or in your safe and and generally it's a smaller quantity Probably the most efficient way to buy gold is to actually buy, right now, the ETFs. I mean, you pay a very small expense ratio. They track the price of gold. Um, you got to be careful about what the NAV is relative to the underlying holdings in that ETF. But that's the way most people are playing it. 
you know, one other way you can do it is you can buy gold miners. You know, a company like Newmont, for example, pays a dividend, and, you know, obviously they benefit if the price of gold rallies, which has been the case because the dollar has been fairly weak recently. But that's a little different, right? That's that's not like actually physically gold or anything no, like that. No, and, and owning the bars and insuring them and keeping them safe. Have you ever seen the, the actual gold? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. a gold bar. Ingots that's awesome. or bullion or yeah, whatever they right. call it. All right, and our last one, and I'm glad you're asking this, Robert, is will the new Bronco help the Ford stock? And I, I cornered Dave on this because that new Bronco is so awesome. So if they've got a hit on their hand, what does that do for the stock? They've got a zillion other cars that they got to sell and trucks, right? Does yeah, that do yeah, anything? It, it, well, it does. And, and there's going to be, obviously, it's going to increase their sales. But, you know, as cool as it is, and I'm sure it's going to be popular, we'll have to do a deep dive to see how much it really moves the revenue number and then therefore moves the stock. So one thing like that is not a not a reason to chase into it. Ask Annex. Uh, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We would love to hear from you. And while we're at it, Barron's Top Advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. And again, our website is AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We keep hearing unprecedented during this pandemic. From a financial perspective, we've seen a lot of this before. Market plunges, global pandemics, high unemployment. Everyone has an opinion. And frankly, it's hard to know who to trust. You need a steady, independent voice. Annex Wealth Management has decades of experience helping clients navigate. You don't need a sales pitch. You need an assessment of where you are, where you're headed, and how we can help. AnnexWealth.com. If not now, when? Know the difference. Annex Wealth Management. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisor say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust. Annex Wealth Management provides comprehensive investment and retirement planning tailored to our clients' needs. And that ranges from starting people on simple path like Annex Ignite all the way to services designed for business executives and their unique needs, and we do everything in between. Joining me, several members of the Annex team. Let's welcome back Brandon Lehman, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Good to see you, Danny. And also a new member of Annex Wealth Management, Wealth Manager Keith Butler. Hey, Keith. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Hey, so I wanted to take this time and introduce you, Keith. We really appreciate you joining the team. We're excited to have you here. Your background is great. You spent a lot of time working in in a lot of great areas of financial planning. But one area you and I have talked a lot about is business succession planning and some of the things you've seen there. You know, what are the types of business succession planning you've seen over your career? Well, I've seen pretty much the gamut. It ties hand in hand with estate planning, which was my, a big background of mine, and One thing is if you have co-owners, that presents a whole unique situation because with co-owners who are not family members, they need to work together to create a plan. Plan for the buyout, how to fund a buyout, what triggers that, like is it death, disability. But the more interesting is a family-owned business. And that opens up a whole myriad of personal and professional issues that people have to cope with. Um, You can pass it to Directly, you can give it to them during lifetime. You could sell it to them. You could leave it upon death or combination of a gift and sale. When you think back to some of these different transitions you've helped guide people through over your career, what has been some of the major pitfalls you've encountered or seen people encounter as they've started to go down these roads and you've said, well, we, we need to take a step back uh, because of X, Y, or Z? What, what have you seen the most common? Yeah. I've been really lucky in many respects and that a lot of the transitions of business to family members have worked out really well through the luck of the draw. Uh, Very successful businesses. But where I've seen problems come up are for people that 
dominated the business. For example, let's say you have a chef who owns a restaurant and he passes away unexpectedly. All of a sudden, nobody knows what to do. Who's in charge? Where I've seen the problem arise is where you have a, a dominant owner business and they didn't make a plan to say, okay, if we have an unexpected bad health event, if we have a sudden death, what happens? Who turns on the lights? And, I, and in, we had a real unfortunate situation with a, with a restaurant that just closed for a little while. And as I learned at the time, restaurants lose a lot of value if they're not sold as a golden concern. Talking about business succession planning, joined by Brandon Lehman, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, and a brand new member of the Annex team, Keith Butler. When you think about it from a valuation standpoint, at what time and what is the best way? Is it annually start looking at valuations of the firms? Is it every couple years? When should firms and, and business owners start looking at valuation and actually start even this whole process? That's a great question. And particularly the case where you have unrelated co-owners who have some sort of a buyout agreement, stock redemption agreement, they're often called, cross-purchase agreement. I recommend every three years looking at it, unless there's been an event. There may be an event that caused the business to go up in value or decrease in value, unfortunately, over that time. So I would say every three years would be a rule of thumb without something else intervening. When you think about this, so, so every three years, family transitions, at what time should somebody sit down? At what point in their career should they sit down and actually start this planning? Because I have encountered over my career a lot of folks who come to us and they're like, I want to retire next year. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a little late in the game to start the business transition process. When is the best time to start that? Um, the day after you open your business. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, uh, it's something you need to think about immediately. And especially if, it, again, if we go back to a family-owned business, you definitely want to get that planning done. And you want to have communication because one thing I found is that people are often surprised by their family, and it can be in either direction. I've seen business owners fret and fret because, oh, my gosh, I, I, I think Brandon should run my company, but what is his sister going to think? And then when you finally have the conversation after fretting about it for three years, she's like, yeah, of course he runs it. On the other hand, you may be able to unearth some problems you didn't dream existed. You may be thinking, ah, they're, they get along great, everything will be fine. Whereas when you have the conversation, you flesh out some things that really then need to be addressed. So there, there's no time that's too soon. That, that's certainly true. You know, lastly, th- there's a lot of considerations that go into this from value, from timing, from all of those aspects of it. But what are some of the key considerations that you say, if you're talking to a, a new client, that is the most important things to consider right now? I would say, especially if this is a unrelated owner's how do you want to value this thing? Because the first instinct is, hey, if I decide to leave, I helped build this company, I want to get my value out. But maybe it's not you that's the one that's leaving. So if you leave a, a valuation, if you just leave during lifetime, that's too high, it may be a real burden on the business or the surviving shareholder uh, to buy out. So I think that's one of the biggest things right there is to talk about what are these triggering events? Leave, just leave voluntarily, you retire, you die, because there can be a very different answer as to how you value it. For instance, for death, you have life insurance, so there's a way of funding it. You can't buy insurance for somebody just leaving. Good stuff. Keith Butler is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, and as you've heard, significant experience guiding the unique needs of business executives, company owners. Keith, really good to have you on the team. Thank you for joining us. A pleasure.
And Brandon Lehman, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Throughout the pandemic, we've stayed in the fight and have consistently said, don't let your emotions guide your financial plan. I know seeing your retirement plan come under attack is hard to take. Now is the time to start a conversation with Annex Wealth Management for fee-only fiduciary guidance. We can help and we are ready. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. The time is now. Be ready for what's next. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Let's talk soon. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Know the difference is Team Tech Trust. Talk about one team. That's investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, as you just heard, business succession planning. One plan means it is for you and you alone. It's not a cookie cutter for sure. And one fee is a fee-only fiduciary. My name is Danny Clayton, right along with Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, Annex Wealth Management, Dave Spano, President CEO. Danny, you, uh, you've been in the music business, in the entertainment business, in the radio business for a long time. You'll remember Paul Simon had a song called Kodachrome. Loved it. And one of the things that was in that song is we talked about Kodak. He talks about Kodak in that song, and they made some news this week. They did. They got a $750 million loan from the U.S. government uh, to provide ingredients for, for generic drugs. Um, the stock, which had traded as low as $2 a week ago, hit a high of $60 on Wednesday morning, uh, was halted several times. But generally speaking, it was a company that, you know, is now going to be doing something completely new. I think many people said, are they even in business? Because they pretty much weren't. Right. right? And and of course, but it's the ingredients part. So they're going to switch their business altogether. Was a lot of that Robinhood? Because I read that 63,000 Robinhood accounts were buying in on this thing. And somebody bid it up to $60. And then where is it? You know, where was it on Friday? It was was in the mid Mid twenties. Uh, so, so what happened did, to the guys that got in at sixty? Yeah, they, well, they, they got, well, yeah. hopefully they got out quickly. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, somebody's holding the bag there, that's for sure. And so, yeah, so they they, they made some news, and we're going to continue to watch that because, of course, we saw a number of cases that had popped up in places like Florida. Obviously, we're hoping now that the number of cases has already peaked because of the impact that it has on the economic news. Furthermore, Derek, you know, we're watching, of course, the next round of stimulus, and we'll see if anything moves this week. Yeah, Congress adjourned uh, on Friday with with nothing new. They're very far apart in terms of the total uh, packages, one trillion versus three and a half trillion from from the Democrats. Obviously, there is some there's some wiggle room there in terms of how much extra unemployment compensation they're willing to provide uh, those that remain unemployed. Uh, but generally speaking, the Federal Reserve in their FOMC meeting on Wednesday reiterated that while they've done all they can do, at least up to this point, in terms of keeping interest rates low and remaining accommodative and being supportive of credit markets and the like, that the, the real need is for fiscal stimulus because this chasm, this income chasm, uh, is, is rather large. And while it was closed by what was done uh, very aggressively in, in March and April, uh, the need for more stimulus is clearly there. And there's, and there's no question that politics are going to be top of mind because the election is just 90 days away and that is causing trepidation for lots of investors. It is and we you know we as an investment committee we've talked a couple of times about you know how we want to to structure our portfolios into the election it's probably a little early 
to be making those kinds of shifts. But clearly, you know, pro-growth tax policy is on the table. The president is very pro-growth, cutting rates, uh, reducing regulation and the like. Uh, His challenger is talking about raising rates and spending that money in areas that are uh, special to him and and some of his constituents. So it can have a big impact on corporate profitability and valuations going forward. It's something that everyone should be paying attention to in the coming months. And no question, tax policy could change. And obviously, you don't make any changes until we know how things turn out. But I think tax policy is going to be something that we're going to have to pay attention to. And lastly, Derek, August and September is upon us. And historically, it has not been kind to the equities markets. Yeah, I mean, if, if when someone asks me, when you know, I was playing golf the other day, Dave, as you know, and I was asked by a couple of folks, you know, how would I structure a portfolio into the election? And I'd say you got to be a little bit cautious. You know, we've got insiders selling at a very high level versus history. We have the two seasonally weakest months for the markets coming ahead of us. And generally speaking, the 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 performance of the S&P 500 into election is a key determinant of how the election turns out. So if you're a Trump supporter and you see the S&P moving lower in the next two, three months, uh, his prospects for re-election dim- diminish. So you really need to pay attention to what you're doing in your portfolio reallocated away from some of the areas that have really performed strongly and look for opportunities in better valued sectors or companies. No question. And of course, you control the things that you can control, like bringing down investment costs, managing the risks, minimizing tax exposure, and of course, making sure that your financial plan stays on track. We are just about out of time. I want to remind you a webinar that's coming up on Tuesday. It is called Win Win Charitable Giving. It happens at 3.30 in the afternoon. How can you give? And then also, how can you get some tax benefits? That's a webinar. You can register at AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Events tab. Also, uh, recently we had Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense. So many times, if you feel that you're being taken advantage of, we can help some of those questions. Get a hold of us. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. Same thing with our Saving the Family Cottage webinar, which was really, really popular. If you missed that, we can answer those questions. But in the meantime, this weekend, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Get going on that free portfolio analysis. We'll see you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.